0: Heavenly Father, we come to you today grateful, grateful for the cross, grateful for the manger, all of the deity in the fragile form of a baby. It's too wonderful for us to imagine. And yet, here we stand looking forward to celebrating this event. Would you, Holy Spirit, open up our hearts to ponder the wonder of this child, that you would change our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. It's so great to see you tonight and to be together. Uh, I want to appreciate Alina putting together the songs tonight. I don't know if you really caught the the flow, uh, and you probably did, you're all smart, but uh, just in particular, reading about this coming and and Mary pondering and treasuring the announcement of this birth, and then singing in reply, King of heaven, come down, that the King of heaven came to us. And then pondering the Magi coming and bowing before Jesus and singing, behold our God. Uh, It's powerful and Christmas is a powerful time. We're going to ponder one verse today, tonight, together as we open up God's word. And it's Mark chapter 10, verse 45. One simple verse. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. I want to know how you view God. If you were to try to put the almighty God of the universe in a picture in your head, what do you think of? Do you think of a picture like this of God... Ruling from in heaven, casting whatever judgments He pleases. Is that your picture of God? Or maybe your view is a little bit more classic. Classic Jesus, right? You know I'm pretty sure Jesus looked nothing like this, and yet this is the, the image that for so many years has hung on so many walls. Is this your view of God? Or maybe at Christmas time, when you think of God, you think about this: a baby tucked away in a manger. No matter what your view of God is, I would guess that when you think of God, this image doesn't often come to mind. Most of us don't think of a picture like this when we think of God. We don't think of God as a butler, and and even so, it makes us a little nervous to think of it. But this simple verse in Mark speaks to us. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Tonight, this short devotional thought is really a wrap-up to our series on why did Jesus come. We have spent the month of December and Christmas looking at, trying to answer this question, why did Jesus come? The first week we saw that Jesus came to give life. The second week we saw that Jesus came to bring destruction, specifically to the works of the devil. The third week we saw from John 17 that Jesus came to send his followers on the same mission that he was on we were challenged that each of us is called to do work wherever we are and then last sunday we said jesus is, has come to tear down walls that specifically from john 17 where jesus or from ephesians 2 rather where uh, jesus paul says of jesus that he came to tear down wall the dividing wall to make the two one Tonight, we're going to see that Jesus came to serve. The simple verse even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus came to serve. Now, as we think about an application of this, my mind right away runs to me. How should I, in this context, be called to live like Jesus? I'm called to serve. Jesus served people, so therefore I should serve. And Mark ten forty-five. I've always looked at this verse in the context of, "Wow, if Jesus came to serve, so should I." And to be fair, that was the immediate application in which Jesus was talking about this. You might remember the story in Mark chapter ten. It's kind of funny because the disciples are sitting around pondering what it's going to be like when their king is installed as the earthly king of Israel. That's what they think he's here for. They think he's going to overthrow the Romans and take power. And so they start imagining, you know, they got on the ground floor early in this kingdom. And so Jesus is going to reward them, right? So they start to talking about their cabinet positions in this new government, right? And so they're arguing amongst themselves about who gets to be vice president and who gets to be secretary of state or chief of staff. They're fighting and talking about their different positions in Jesus' cabinet as it were. And Jesus stops. These two brothers come to him, James and John. In the other Gospels, we actually see that they sent their mother to talk to Jesus. I'm not kidding you. They got together and they said, hey, mom, will you go ask this question of Jesus for us? They said, hey, can we be your number one and number two in the new government? Like, we want to be in the cabinet, you know? We want the positions of power. And the other disciples are torqued. They're like, well, what makes you so special? Why do you get number one and number two? What about me? And Jesus hears all this and he says, whoa, whoa, time out. This is not the way the kingdom of heaven works. The kingdom of God works differently than this. If you want to be great, you got to be a servant of all. It's kingdom upside down living. At Christmas, this baby reminds us that we need to serve each other. That is how the kingdom of God works. And for me... That's the natural application. The natural application is that we would serve each other. And the truth is, we don't really like to be servants, do we? I have pointed out on a number of occasions that my job at Waukee Community Church is to clean the bathrooms. Uh, That's part of my role. And uh, even in saying that to you, there's a sinful part of me that wants you to think I'm awesome because I the Lead pastor of Waukee Community Church has decided that I will clean bathrooms. You know, and this is all great as long as I can stand up here and say that to you, right? And somehow, I don't feel like I'm really serving you when my own ego is boosted. Except this last week when I had to clean that middle bathroom right over there. And someone had done something unspeakable in there. I'm just telling you, I got to do that. And being a servant at that moment was not so great, right? As I'm wondering if these hands will ever be the same again, you know? As I'm looking at that, sometimes being a servant is hard. And yet here we are at Christmas, this baby who came to serve. And so we naturally want to, we should want to, it's not natural, we should serve each other, just like he came to serve us. Whenever I read Mark ten forty-five, those are my initial Applications to myself and to each other, let us be a church that serves each other. but I, I, I have another question tonight that came to mind in this passage for me, and I never asked this question before, because the reality is is I wonder if i 'm asking the wrong question, because Jesus tells us why He came. He didn't come to teach us about serving each other. The Son of Man came to show you what it's like to serve each other. That's not what the text says. That's not what Jesus' words are. What are Jesus' words? He came not to be served, not to teach us about service, but to serve. Now let that one reverberate in your brain for a second. Because the natural question then we should ask at Christmas, will you let Jesus serve you? That's why he came, not to be served. He came to serve. He came to serve you, and he came to serve me. That makes me a little uncomfortable. Because to be honest, I've always, since since the moment I became a follower of Christ, through the time where I decided I was going to give my life full time to the work of the gospel, to the kingdom work that Jesus had set in front of me, from that time on, I always viewed Jesus, I've always viewed him as my king. I'm his servant. He's not my servant. And yet here he says, the son of man came to serve. So the, I don't really get around thinking that Jesus can be my servant. Sometimes when we think of a servant, we have this idea of, you know, snapping, saying, hey, Jesus, come on, do my bidding, get over here. And I've never wanted to think about Jesus like that. It just seems wrong. And I'm not sure that Jesus had that in mind, that you would snap at Jesus and say, come on, Jesus, get with it. But the reality is sometimes we do that. I don't know about you, but sometimes I don't think about Jesus until I need him. I don't think about Jesus till I need him to serve me. And then I say, Jesus, serve me by healing me or serve me by making me rich or serve me by making all the things in my life go smoothly like my plan. We say, Jesus, serve me. I don't think that's what Jesus had in mind when he came to be our servant. What did Jesus have in mind? Well, he tells us, if you're going to let this Christ child serve you like he came to do, he tells us how he's going to serve you and I. He didn't come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. If you and I are going to allow Jesus to serve us, we need to allow him to give his life as a ransom for many for us. Well, what does this mean? I, I thought of three things this week that I think this means. Three ways that we can allow the God of the universe to serve us. And we're taking, I'm taking this right from that word ransom. The first way is we have to admit that we need to be ransomed. And this is really, really hard for us because self-esteem has been pounded in us, many of us since we were little, that we needed to have self-esteem. And for many of us, self-esteem means we refuse to look at the things that are wrong with us or weaknesses. And you know, my pride's a big deal. I don't really appreciate it when people point out my weaknesses. Uh, It's amazing. Uh, All across this country, I I talk to different pastors who have the same response. Every week, they pass out these little cards that say prayer requests, and every week, they get comments back. It's fascinating how this works, right? Get comments. The music's too loud. The music's too soft. Will you stop using that tone of voice? Like my professor once told me that he had to do something about my voice because my voice was awful. I mean, those kind of things, I don't like it when people point that out, especially... If I think that person should look up to me, right? I mean, there's certain people that I think, well, I look up to them so they could point out something, but not people who I think should look up to me. It's especially difficult for me when my children point out things, right? When they might, you know, dad, you really blew that, right? <laughs> like, Okay, I know, but I don't want you to tell me about it. Our pride gets in the way. We don't like to admit that there's something wrong with us. If we're going to allow Jesus to serve us like he came to do, it starts by admitting that we need to be served, that there's a problem. This is a classic Christian doctrine called sin. Each of us are in great need. We need to be ransomed. If we don't acknowledge that we need to be ransomed, we can never allow Jesus to serve us. That's why Jesus came. He came to serve us by ransoming us. So first of all, so we have to do this. We need to be ransomed and we have to acknowledge this. The second thing we need to do is ask that he would ransom us. That's the second way we allow Jesus to serve us. I want you to imagine that one of your parents, maybe your father, your father was taken hostage in some third world country, right? Somewhere on the other side of the globe, and you got noticed that your father had been taken captive and you got a ransom demand. Now, let's just say for a second that you decide that you're going to pay this ransom. You're just going to do it. You want your dad back. And so you find someone who can kind of bridge the communications with this group who has your dad captive. And, and, and this person, he does it. He lines it up. And so you put a bunch of money in a bag and you get on a plane and you fly across the world. And then you get on a train and you get on a bus and you get on a camel and you're going through the desert. And there in the middle of the desert is this tent. And you and, and the guide who has brought you to this point that go in the doors of the tent, they've opened up the flap to the tent, you walk in this big tent and there's your dad in the corner. And he's laughing and he's doing a crossword puzzle. And he gets up and, he, and he's like, hey, my kid, you can't, why are you here? I am having a fantastic time. I have not gotten to do this many crossword puzzles since I can remember. This is great. Go away. I don't want you here. You can't ransom your dad if he doesn't want to be ransomed. In the same way, if we're going to allow Jesus to serve us, we have to admit that we need him. That We need him to ransom us. And we're broken, we're deficient, we're held captive. When we admit that, we allow Jesus to serve us. We let him be born to die for us. His death and resurrection was why he was born to be a ransom. Mark 10, 45. Maybe you don't think about this baby, this Christmas Christ child, as being a ransom demand. But that's why he came for you and for me. We have to know that we need to be ransomed. We have to ask for him to ransom us. And the third thing, the way we apply this, is we allow him to serve us when we seek his daily service. When we see Jesus, I can't do this without you. There is a daily aspect to utter dependence on this humble Christ child, this risen and victorious god there is a daily dependence on him and that's the way he serves us we say i need you to serve me i need you to be born for me i need you to die for me i need you every single day there are days when we need him and we know it some of you this christmas season uh, it's just is really christmas is a really hard time for you every christmas you miss somebody that was here and now it's not. Every holiday season is hard for you. Sometimes Christmas season brings just hardship and pain and sadness and loss. And yet here is Jesus saying, let let me serve you now. Hebrews 7.24 says this. Jesus, speaking of Jesus, it says, He always lives to intercede for those who draw near to him. Jesus is alive today, and he's alive to serve us by interceding for us. And if you are in hurt, and if you are in hardship, if you are in a place where you're crying out to him, that is exactly what he wants. And he wants to serve you this way. Now, the reality is we can seek his daily service, but let's be honest. Sometimes we don't really want to service. We're Americans, right? I mean, from the beginning of our country is kind of we were kind of founded on the idea of let's, you know, pick ourselves up and we'll get this done. You know, we don't need anybody. Uh, there are not a lot of people I know that have servants living in their home. Now, maybe somebody here has that. I'd like to know what that's like. If you want to tell me that, that would be great. But most of us have this mindset I'll just do it myself. I'll just do it myself. We don't understand what it's like to have a servant, and sometimes we don't want our God serving us. In in John's gospel, John gives us the story of Jesus, and he is in the upper room. It's not long before he would be betrayed and crucified. And he's in the upper room, this, this last supper together. And they come in the room together, and as Jewish tradition would have it, they need to wash their feet. They've been trudging around in sandals and dirt all day. Their feet stink, and the way Jewish people ate supper was on a table that was about this tall, this this high off the ground, and they would recline next to it. And so your dirty, smelly feet would probably be in someone else's face the way they ate dinner. You didn't want dirty feet. It it was a must. You had to wash. So they looked around, and they always found a servant to do this horrible, terrible work. And feet are gross, okay? And so you're walking in a servant, and if there was no servant, whoever was lowest on the social order was handed the, the, the pail of water and the cloth and said, wash everyone's feet. And they walk in there, and there's no servant. And Jesus grabs the bucket, and he puts the towel around his waist. And he goes, and he starts washing those disciples' feet. And this was exactly opposite of the way it should be. Jesus should be the one getting served. And Peter, he comes to Peter, and Peter says, No, I will not allow my Lord to serve me. He doesn't want it. I think there are times where we don't want to let Jesus serve us. We're like Peter. But Jesus came to serve. We do this when we admit absolutely every day that we need him. Now, we circle back to Christmas because here we have together looking forward to the birth of this Christ child. And this passage seems so weird to be talking about Jesus before he's about to die. But we circle back to this Christ child, to this manger, because the manger reminds us why he came. The appearance of God amongst us. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. We think of a baby as helpless. Someone needs people to serve him and take care of him. But this child came to serve us. And we find ourselves in need of this baby Jesus, who would go on to die and rise from the dead dead to serve us, to ransom us. So I wonder if you'd let him do that today. If you don't know Christ, would you admit, would you stop and say, I need to be ransomed, and I want you to do that. And if, if you're to the place where at this Christmas, you're saying, I need the God of the universe to serve me, because life is hard right now, would you bow before him, and say, serve me, my Lord. Because that's why Jesus came. He came not to be served. He came not to teach us about service. He came to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Let's pray. God, we come to you humbled. We come to you humbled that you would die for us, that you would be born helpless that you would be born to serve us, that you would give your life as a ransom for many. Jesus, would you give us the courage today to engage you for those who are hurting to say, I bow, I need you to serve me in this way. For those of you who are stubborn to be broken before him, say, would you, would you ransom me? Jesus, we praise you and worship you because you are the Christ child, born to serve. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.